Okay, ladies, I want you to all hold on, buckle the fuck up and get ready for another insane episode with my delicious friends. I say delicious a lot, don't I? Dom and Brian. This is like the man of the week, not the man of the week, the the week of the man with like John's episode all about emasculation, X, Y, and Z at the beginning of the week and now Dom and Brian. I can't even tell you what this episode is about because like it is about so many things. I've actually broken up into part one and part two. This is going to be part one and then you are going to get part two next week. So I really hope that you're all excited because I was pissing myself laughing in the first five minutes of the episode. It is, you'll have a lot of laughing. It's a really good conversation. Like we are sharing my opinion, their opinion, like digging into our opinions of like, what does that even mean when we're saying that? Like it is, oh my gosh, I'm looking outside of my hotel window and I can see the sky just like fully naked lying in this bed. Amen to that. I'm here for it. Um, (laughs) <laughs> louder from the back. <laughs> I'm in such a weird mood. It's it's 11, 11 p.m. right now, actually. Um, and I've had quite the day. <sighs> Maybe more on that later. Um, anyway, this podcast is going to be fucking insane. So Dom and Brian are coming to New York to the Feminist Fuck event to talk about what turns them on about women being in their feminine. Oh, so delicious. And the reason why I brought this piece in to the event was because for a lot of women, and this was for me as well, they need a permission piece and having permission from a man of like, please be soft, please be tender, please receive like those feminine qualities. They find the most attractive thing ever. And a lot of us don't believe that. A lot of us like, no, isn't that weak? Which is obviously wounded, but the permission piece can be a really healing component to your healing journey. So hence why they're coming to talk to you all at New York. So if you haven't bought your New York ticket, oh my God, this has just come through. Okay. If you haven't bought your New York ticket and you are listening to this episode and you want to come, um, the earlier this week, I um, for the end of September, the prices were bumped up for October. If you missed out for whatever reason, or is this the first time you're knowing about this um, event, I'd love for you to DM me and I'm going to gift you the September price um, because obviously you listen to the episode, okay? So that is just, it just like literally just came through right then. That's what I'm going to do because that feels really fucking good. And I just like as a gift to you guys, but also I want to do that. I just want to. So um, if that is you, uh, please do so. But I'll, I'll also know if you guys have been like, I'll know, I know those people that have been like sitting on the fence. Um, so I will know if you're like actually a new person. Um, and therefore I will give you the September price. I know that stuff. I am, I'm very intuitive. I'm actually quite psychic for those of you who don't know, whatever. This is not about me, this episode. So we're talking about, I actually don't know what we're talking about because I haven't listened to the whole thing because I literally didn't have time to listen to the whole thing. I just wanted to edit it and get it up and I'm cut it. So it's cut. Um, halfway through and then you guys will get part two next Monday evening America time Tuesday morning Australia time um 
So please screenshot, share, do all the fun stuff. I'm so grateful. Oh, and if you haven't left a review, I'd be really grateful if you could do that as well. Um, because I've already got over a hundred reviews, which makes me so happy. And every time I see a new one pop in, my heart just like explodes. Um, it really makes me kind of feel supported, um, in this journey. And I, then I really, it's like, it's like kind of your way of like paying me, uh, as the energy exchange. So when I'm doing work with my clients, the energy exchange is money. Here, the energy exchange of me showing up each week and doing two weekly podcasts um, and whatnot, your little exchange back to me um, as, you know, just as a thank you, I guess, um, is sharing it, a review, um, giving it a star rating, those sorts of things. It's like, I actually really appreciate them. I'm not just saying that. I really, really I'm not saying that for like, what's it called? The algorithm. I don't even know how the fucking algorithm works on podcasts. I'm actually saying it because it lights me up and it's really awesome. Um, okay. Shut up, Monica. Let's get into this. Hello and welcome to the Feminine as Fuck podcast. I'm your host, Monica Yates, a period and ICF certified women's life coach. And I help women to harness the power of their period and connect to their feminine flow. In these episodes, we will be talking about all things periods, hormones, confidence, health, food, money, sex, business, feminine flow, your brain, energy, and all the stuff that goes through our heads. You will walk away from each episode with new chicken nuggets and truth bombs, as I don't have a filter and I love talking about all the shit that people are thinking but too afraid to say. The day that I leave New York, it like gets cold. I'm like, fuck. It gets like a little bit colder. You're really upset. I think we need to work... We are recording, by the way. Okay. Um, we I feel like we need to Everyone help knows. you somehow before we actually start recording now. <laughs> Everyone knows how much I hate summer. I hate, I can't. You I live don't, in Australia. I know. That's why I'm not anymore. Like, I can't. It's just... It's what, do you want to move to Antarctica? What do you want to move? <laughs> you must hate global warming more than I hate oh, global warming. Oh, I hate global warming, but, but it's good in winter because it gets colder if you're mm. in a place that gets colder, which is nice. Although sometimes it gets so cold, then it's like too cold. Where's your ideal place to live? Well, in New York in winter, and then, like, I was in Aspen before this, and it was, like, dry heat, so that was okay. You like the dry heat, got it. Like, dry heat's fine, but this is disgusting. You're the first person I've ever heard who says, I would like to live in New York during the winter. Right. Yeah, Most only people get the, the fuck out of here. I'm from Chicago. Really? You would uh, love it during the winter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the summer, for that matter, because <laughs> it's still cold. Yeah, I need, like, cold all year round. That'd be ideal. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have a hard time understanding people like you. Wow. I really do. Yeah. Wow. You're yeah. a summer person? I'm a summer person. Mm, interesting. You can I can't always wear less clothes. I'm, uh, yeah, well, walk around naked. Yeah, I guess not that less. Yeah, well, that's what I want to be. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, good news, New York, you can be topless. Really? Legally. Yes. Women. Yes. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't know and that. And guys. Yeah, well, guys. <laughs> equal yes. equal yes. opportunity. Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's... So before we were talking about age. Yes. And I was saying that based on exes... Yeah, age does not mean they've done the work. And then what were we talking about after that? We were, we were like, fuck, we need to record this. Oh, yeah, Brian, you were, you were talking about how, like, just because you're older does not mean you have wisdom. Yeah, I wa- <laughs> I've wondered in my, so my, let's call it personal development experience, which yeah. is all at year number three now. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing, quote, the work for three years. And I started to think, oh, well, this, it feels so obvious Maybe it's not me doing the work. Maybe it's just because I'm getting older. Hmm. Yeah, no. Like maybe at the ripe age of 39, it just started to click. Have you had like a midlife crisis that made you do the work? Oh, I mean, why I did the work, we can go into all all kinds of reasons. Well, let's say if you need to know why you did the work, I'm assuming it's going to be like your story related. Yeah, absolutely. Which was episode of Alison Armstrong, just came up on my Instagram feed. 
um, episode. I don't know. It was the, called the Kakawa episode. Yeah, it was like ages. It was. Oh wait, is that it? Uh, nope, that's money. I think if you if you search for studs, handsome <laughs> stallions yeah. are probably are hot. Hot. And not in temperature. Yeah. <laughs> we'll come up. Um, it is episode... Yeah. No. No. Next. Sisterhood. Okay, I'm going to find... Oh, here. 30. Inside men's brains. Mm. Wow. Yeah. You do get inside our brains at that episode. That was a... That's like one of my most highly listened to episodes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then, so my start to this whole thing, where I started to ask myself the questions, was when I was diagnosed with testicular cancer. That was what, part of what really started it off. And it didn't happen like, you know, I was diagnosed and all of a sudden, wow, I'm going to do some inner work and, and evolve. <laughs> it was not like that at all. But I did start to think just recently on the walk over here even, that like, ah, you know, maybe it doesn't have anything to do with age. Mm. Yeah. And the reason I thought that is I was just thinking through some scenarios. I just got back from a trip from Italy, from Italy oh. with my girlfriend and, and some of the Italian men, specifically waiters... <laughs> I was like, these guys have clearly not, they don't even speak the language I speak and I can tell they haven't done the work. Okay. <laughs> How, what are their telltale signs? Oh, well, compliments for one. But, but why is that a bad thing? Why is it a bad thing? Um, well, something Dominic and I talk about a lot is yeah. that we can tell when a guy does the work because he starts to create environments for not just themselves, but other people to Ooh, feel comfortable. What was that episode that you guys did? I think I messaged you, Dom, and it was about like when it was about like drawing that line of like when you compliment or like when you approach yeah. versus when not to approach. Yeah, we did an episode called How to Compliment Women in the Me Too Era. Yeah. And what we did was uh, I had a Facebook post months ago that I just said, listen, here's a, com- a common complaint we're hearing from men more and more, which is I can't compliment a woman oh, anymore. Oh, it just like breaks my fucking heart. Right? Because there are a lot of guys who are like, I've, I've complimented and I've been ridiculed by that person or I've been told off by that person. And Brian and I wanted to dispel that myth mm. that you can't compliment a woman anymore because women absolutely want compliments. Mm. However, what we see this as is, is it's a time to refine what a compliment is and refine our awareness around women. And on the woman's end, like perception. So like when I'm in Italy and like, for case, so for example, I was like in Paris actually um, before, like just recently. And I like came out of my hotel and this guy was like commenting and whistling at me on his motorcycle. And I'm like, okay, thank you. And I don't take, now since doing the work, I used to be like, what a filthy guy. Now I'm just like, thanks for the compliment. Like take it, like it's fun. Like it's fun, have a bit of fun with it, right? He's not doing any harm to me. Um, and, but then he kind of kept going and it was like, okay, we get the point. Like, thank you. Like in that circumstance, it was kind of like, but I didn't perceive it as filthy man. I was just like, it's the, like, it's, it's the culture over there. Like they are more out there with their compliments, but a lot of women would just shut that down and be like, don't fucking talk to me. Yep. And it's a two way street with the compliment. No thing. question. Two way street. And yeah. what we're talking about with guys is. If you can start to refine your awareness around, first of all, guys expect that there's some sort of universal set of laws and rules that apply to every woman. Mm. It's like, here's what's allowed, <laughs> here's what's not allowed. And we're like, guys, there are, what, four billion unique women on the planet, so like, you need to calibrate individually. And there are probably some principles that, that are safe 80% of the time. Like women want to be cherished. That's a principle. Sure, there you go. Yeah. Um, some women don't want to be cherished. Like some, some women like love to be put down like some women have like at their deepest like part of their kink but the the, part of their kink is to not be cherished it's Mm. to go into that dark energy of there's a whole layer we can get into around this but i would say that's wounded feminine then 
If so, what I've been working yeah. with in in John Wineland and Kendra Kunoff's workshop is the difference between like wounded and actual sacred healing is is your heart open during it. Mm. So if, for example, like there's a very specific woman in this program that I know, and I've worked with her personally, and like one of the most healing elements for her is to be humiliated, is for her wow. to have that is dark so energy. interesting. Like like to be put on the floor and to have her back stepped on is like nourishing for her because she's done so much work where when that's happening, her heart is open and she can heal through that. She was in periods of time in her life where that same stuff was happening and it was causing her to go further down the trauma spiral because Mm. her heart was closed because she hasn't been doing the work. She needs that dark energy in order to feel loved given by a man that she trusts it's Got not it. just any dude yeah, yeah, that yeah, can come yeah. in and step on her Very and do these Very particular kinds. container. Exactly. Okay. And she is aware enough and attuned enough to know what's the container I feel safe in, who's yeah. the man that I can allow mm-hmm. my guard down around this, and when that happens, she heals. Wow. That's interesting. It's interesting. So what we're, I mean, like, as you can hear, that seems like the last thing on earth that anyone would want. Yeah. However, there's at least one person who needs that. And what we're talking about with guys is like, you need to refine and attune your senses to the woman who's in front of you, but also the context that you're in. Mm. If, you are, if you are a man who has, let's say, women on your, on your team at work and her paycheck depends on you, her future career depends on you, sending a compliment down to someone in your organization like that may be uncomfortable for them mm. because you hold that much authority and power. Yeah. So contextually, if you're not aware of that shit then you could be causing chaos. Yeah. So that's the kind of stuff that we're waking guys up to. And we, we actually have a download. We have uh, on our website, it's called doinnerwork.com forward slash compliments mm-hmm. is a four steps that you need, like the four problems that you face when complimenting women and four solutions on how to fix that. Um, and we've gotten a lot of good feedback on that oh. how-to guide. So doinnerwork.com. It's, it's not a book of rules. It's not like here's how you go about doing it. No, no, no. It's, <laughs> it's what we need to be more sensitive aware to how we can be. Refining right? the depth and the breadth of your consciousness. So doinnerwork.com forward slash compliments. Amazing. I'll put it in the thingy, the description. Okay, <laughs> the thingy. Um, okay, so back to Italy. These guys, compliments. Yes. With your girlfriend. They haven't done the work apparently. They have, and this is this is by the way broad. Oh, every, yeah, we should say all the time, me, like but everything seemed, is a generalization that we're talking about. We're not being racist or discriminatory. Blah blah blah. Like yeah. And continue. these were also, but for the record, these were also probably seventy-five-year-old men, right? Yeah. That, that like <laughs> yeah. this is fairly normal. They, they they were giving a compliment, yeah. the eyes and the beauty, yeah. Right. But what we talk about, I believe, even in the in the the document, is and our podcast is maybe don't go physical first. Or can you go beyond the physical? Like, can you be a little beyond? more creative? Right. Can you show what your awareness is by the compliments that you give? Like your so energy easy. is amazing. Like that's a good compliment. Right. That's right. Like Not like some... cute ass. Like right. thank you. I obviously know that. And that <laughs> right. And, then, and so that, that shows we're now creating an environment in which a woman can step into and feels yeah. more comfortable. And, mm. and then the dynamics start. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the reality is that all of this stuff, all of these interactions are actually a lot easier than we make them out to be. We just happen to step on our own compliments sometimes. Yeah. Got it. Interesting. So with the age thing, how old are both you guys? Let's get context. Dominic is 40. Brian's 39. Cool. I'm 22. 
So age is just a number. So with the guys that you work with, are they majority older? We have guys who are probably in their 30s through 50s. Mm-hmm. And, I, I can, and I, I've worked a lot more closely with these guys over the past five or six years. And Brian is just kind of coming into the loop over the past year or so around this. I can tell you that sometimes age can be completely the opposite. Like mm. if you have a 55-year-old dude who has never done inner work, who thinks he knows himself, mm. when, I hear th- when I hear these words, I just know myself, <laughs> then I know that you're more fucked than yes. anyone because there's an utter lack of humility oh my God. and awareness. I said this on my Instagram the other, no- um, the other day of like, if you think you haven't had a fucked up childhood, so if you think, yes. oh, well, I haven't had a fucked childhood, so therefore I'm not, I don't have any issues you are so fucking wrong. Or even I was doing this talk last night and I said, like, if if you're sitting here and thinking none of this applies to me, everything applies to you. I can think of two men right now who are really successful in business, both in their early 50s when we had these conversations. They both said, I had the ideal childhood. Mm. And my parents were ideal and, like, there was nothing wrong. And I'm like... Oh, I thought the same thing for, for a long period of time. Oh, but yeah, too. and what I'm saying is so did I, and I had a lot of fucking healing to do. Yeah, no question. Like, <laughs> a lot of people, like, I used to think because I didn't have a fucked childhood, I couldn't be successful. Because, like, you see, like, Tony Robbins and Oprah, like, they've had, obviously, horrendous childhoods. So I'm like, oh, well, I didn't have that, so therefore I can't be successful. It's almost like it's, this is going to sound fucked up, but I used to, like, idolize the shitty yeah. childhood because yeah. then I'm like, then I can be successful and it's a good story to tell. And I remember telling mom one day, like, you guys didn't fuck me enough. Like, as in <laughs> mom, my mom and my dad didn't well, isn't, fuck isn't me Isn't that enough. the idea behind evolution? <laughs> isn't, isn't that the idea that... That, yes, it's not that a parent or a, a caretaker isn't going to contribute to messing up a child in mm. some way, mm. but hopefully the evolution happens when cycles of generations of past have been broken. Yes. It's when the, the trauma is, is a new type of trauma yeah. that needs to be worked out because all the other stuff the parents have worked out. Yeah. And so we get questions all the time from parents Dumps that say, well, how water. do I <laughs> pour, pour the water Pour down. the cold water. <laughs> Moniker is smoldering. Keep, keep, yeah, keep Monica cool. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. Um, yeah, isn't, isn't, isn't that the idea of evolution though? So like your parents gave you the gift of not fucking you up yeah. in ways that they were maybe already fucked up. Yeah, yeah. They gave you new things. Yes. <laughs> new ways yes. to evolve and, and continue on. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that, that I've, I've, seen, I've seen it in ex-girlfriends. I've seen it in, in friends mm. where the, the child will perpetuate the exact same trauma that mm. happened to the mom, that happened to the yeah. grandma, And then at yeah. what point do we say that's enough? Well, also Let's for me, yeah, also for me, it was like really like the wrong perception. So my mum, like, like all credit to her, she's raised me in the exact way that she wasn't raised by her mum. Because if I was raised by her mum, like, well, I'd probably still be the same person that I am now. But like periods were never talked about, like sex was never talked about. Whereas, you know, periods, even though I used to hate my period, like periods were openly talked about, like everyone in my family would know that I had my period. Like I could go to my mum with issues, that sort of stuff. Um, whereas she couldn't do that with her mum, mm. but it was still the way that I perceived things. And it was a lot of like societal stuff. And of course, like I had more daddy issues, like men have more mummy issues. And it was the way that I perceived the feminine, uh, sorry, the masculine as being better and more successful. And that was what kind of drove me down that spiral of like the feminine is bad. She's weak. She's airy fairy. And it was like, but that's like a lot of women. It's just a really wounded perception of the feminine because we perceive things the wrong way when we're little. Yeah. 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 I think, I think too, you're asking about how, or when, when did I start doing quote the inner work Mm. or, or the work? 
And I, I think things really started for me. It, yes, there was an external uh, uh, influence on me, but it was also the moment like where I realized that everything I thought to be true for sure, yeah, maybe wasn't. Yeah. And so we talked about Dom. You're talking about the guys that say like, "Hey, oh, I didn't have a yeah. messed up childhood. Well, I got everything <laughs> figured out." Right? Those are the most dangerous people yeah, in the seriously. room, right? Because they don't realize that. And so yeah. when I talk to guys now, and I do this in the workplace, when it comes to feedback, yeah, even if you get feedback from someone that you don't believe, that's fine. But ask yourself one simple question, which is. What is their truth in this? Mm. And as soon as we start asking ourselves that, we, our, our guards come down, our egos come down, and we can actually find those things. Even if it's a 1% truth yeah. in what they said, we can grow from that. And that's a really beautiful place to be as far as doing inner work. 100%. Yeah, I mean, what, the biggest barrier for most people to change is their level of certainty around how things are supposed to be yeah. or that they're, they're so confident that this is the way that it's it is like or how that I am. It's all that it is. And, it, and it's fear, right? Yeah. And what Brian and I like to do is take a little chisel and just chip away at people's certainty. Mm. Like one of my favorite things is, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Inception, but it's a Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. movie where he goes into people's dreams and he plants yeah. like a seed in their mind that they think is their own idea, but that seed grows into this like, or acorn grows into this mighty oak tree of change and the person thinks it's their own. Like what I love to do is plant those acorns in people's minds to get them to question the certainty of, oh, oh this yes. is how women are always are. This is how it's supposed to be grinding myself into the ground around work or, you know what I mean? I have to wait this long to become successful. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at a 22-year-old woman who's doing international work around the world, like manifesting everything that she wants. So still waiting for the husband, but we're getting there. Oh yeah, you're on your way. (laughs) So whenever you want that, truly, like you'll have that, you know that, right? So it's, if we can create those seeds of doubt with the, with like good and positive intention, that's what we're all doing here. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like what I, I, like I've said before, my job isn't to say things are like right or wrong. It's more just to get you questioning things and giving you the option because a lot of us, like, in regards to, like, periods, that sort of stuff, we're not taught, like, at school different options. We're not taught th- different choices of what to believe. And we're kind of, like, rammed in with one idea and that becomes our reality unless you start questioning things. And even, like, last night I was talking at this thing and, you know, like, you guys know I talk about how um, – and this is – well, I don't want to say the title of my TED Talk because then someone's going to fucking take it. Okay. Um, but I kind of talk about how – whilst the feminist movement was really important, it's actually had a bit of the wrong, like the wrong sort of, it's had a bit of damage in terms of relationship dynamics and how women are bashing men and and thinking that they're better than men. And um, this girl that was like mighty fucking feminist came up after and I could tell that she was just really triggered. And I stay really calm in those situations. But like she was seeing it all in terms of like, will black women die at higher rates and like and and as this whole race thing and i'm like i'm not talking about race but these but like even was she black or was she no 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 she was white okay. but um even in like what she was saying like all of my girlfriends know um, have been sexually assaulted but like i don't know any guys that know any anyone that's been sexually assaulted and it's just also in terms of those people the invitation to like look outside their friendship circle because if she's only friends with 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 women that have and I've had my own my own experiences with that if she's only friends with like a certain people like a certain group of people then she isn't expanding her mind to what else is out there and it was a mirror of the girl the exact fucking girl I used to be like Mm. like Mm -hmm. like perception like she looks very feminine but it's like 
what I used to be like an angry woman, like anger around the masculine and then trying to control everything, not in like a soft, graceful way, in like a dogmatic way. And um, it's just kind of the invitation for I think everybody to just think slightly differently. Yeah. What are, what are, let's say some like two or three of the things that you teach women like yeah. that, that like, like you used to be yeah. to get to the other side of that. So uh, I, one thing that one of my exes who still has another work, the one I was telling you about before, um, he said to me, um, oh, fuck, what was it? It was something about like men don't like when, when, when we're with a woman, we don't, like judge her, like all the things that run through your head, like we don't consider. Like I was talking to you about like sex one time and I was saying like, like what goes through your head when you're having sex? Because you know a lot of women are like really insecure when they're having sex with like... About their bodies, their yeah, smells, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like can you see, like does my bum look funny? Do I look fat at this angle? And he's like, that doesn't run through our heads. We're just like, holy shit, I'm having sex with a woman. That's all that goes through our heads. And don't come. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, those two, those two thoughts are exactly it. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher playing baseball on a cold day. What is it like the Austin Powers thing? Margaret Thatcher naked playing baseball on a cold day. <laughs> Anyway, so that for me was like a really big realization of like what we perceive in our brains is not what men are thinking. So for a lot of women, when they actually understand what men are thinking, that's why at the New York event, I want you guys to be talking about um, what turns you on about women being in their feminine because Mm. we perceive it as like men think it's a turn off, that softer, graceful women are a turn off, that warmth is, like, not cool. I'm like, no, no, men fucking love that shit. Well, majority of men. So I guess in terms of some of the main things for my clients is firstly they have to be willing to do the work. I cannot, like, in situations where I see a mirror of my old self, like, my old self was, like, I don't even fucking do anything, I'm good. You know, so my old self didn't want to do the work until she got to a point where she then started getting interested in it. So like awareness and openness is really key. And even one of my past clients um, from the last round of one of my group programs, she sent me a post that one of her friends did on Facebook. And oh, the post was something along the lines of like men. Oh, no, it was like something along the lines of like you don't have to be um, you don't have to. Oh God, I want. I actually want to like find it. Yeah, pull it it up. was yeah. I'm gonna find it because it was such a good post. And my friend was like, the, I would have. I used to, if I saw this two months ago, I would have agreed with it. And now, like, I'm like, no, men want to do that for you. Where is it, Emily? Okay. Um, here it. Nope, nope. Where is it? Okay, here we go. Women do not have to be thin, cook for you, have long hair, be feminine, be graceful, have sex with you, shave, diet, be fashionable, wear pink, take any bullshit. Now, some of those are absolutely correct. But um, what she was getting at was like the fucking man bashing thing again of like, I like, like, no, of course you don't have to be feminine if you don't want to, but you can just tell this is like a wounded, like, like a wounded, like, fuck feminine, let's all be quote unquote dogmatic strong like that like that sort of strong anyway and this girl was like um <coughs> and this this client was like my cousin my cousin posted this just now and the old me would have agreed with her but now I'm like whoa girl um so wrong and no wonder your husband is so quiet and walked all over mm. and so and so it's just this like and that's why I messaged you before it's been like we're gonna have a very politically incorrect thing and I'm just gonna do a disclaimer at the beginning of this thing because like I don't want to hold my tongue but but for a lot of women, because they don't understand what men want, they don't have permission. 
And like for me, I didn't have permission to be in my feminine because I thought that I couldn't be as successful. I couldn't be as strong. Um, that it was cooler to be a like tough, cold woman. Like don't be too emotional because that's not cool. So the permission piece is really important for women. And then the second piece would also be like understanding the beauty of being in the feminine. I didn't understand the beauty. I thought the feminine was weak. I thought it was airy-fairy and lame. But then once you understand the beauty and how men just fucking love it. Because bio- in like terms of biology, we want a man to love us and have a- and-, and give us attention because of being protected and being provided for. So as soon as you actually understand how beautiful it is to be in your feminine – I feel like it's this massive door that opens of like, like, yeah, it's like, it's beautiful to be in a feminine basically. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm very naturally attracted to like magnetized towards someone who's a feminine woman. That's just my essence is I'm masculine in that re- respect. And mm-hmm. I love a woman who knows how to be in her and her feminine. And one of the things I've noticed about that is a woman who is powerfully in her feminine mm. by choice. Yeah. That there's something about that that makes me want to do for her, mm. right? I mean, like I want to provide for her. I want to surprise her. I want to give to her. She wants to receive. Yeah. And like her reception of whether it's me surprising her with her favorite dinner or with her book or with a foot massage or whatever it Even is. Even the simple things of like. Her business. Or like you know? getting a glass of water. Like yeah. women can't even receive that. Or like even little things I noticed of like a man will want to let you out of the elevator first. Even though he's in front of the door and you're not in front of the door, he will step Step aside aside. and like put his arm out to let you out. And so many women are going, no, no, like you go. And it's like just fucking receive it. Mm -hmm. And because a lot of women perceive that as, oh, he wants to get into my pants. No, he doesn't. It's just like nature. Like it's just, it's biology. Like you guys give, we receive. That's all it is. And too many women are reading into it and making other meanings out of it that are not actually there. And, yeah. and there are guys listening to this right now that <coughs> that what Dominic just said sounds like work. It sounds like, oh mm. my God, we have to do everything. And they're not even receiving anyway, so why yeah. should I even go about doing it? And here's the flip. when you, If you're a guy listening to this, if you're feeling that way, understood. There will be a point in time in your life if you do this work and, and, you, and you can view women and the feminine in the beauty that it is, that that will become a want. Not a, I have to go mm. about doing this and doing it the right way. Yeah, it will become something that's beautifully and, you, and, and, and you're motivated to do that. What you're talking about is right on. I mean, like, I want to do those things because it actually gives me energy if she can receive it, you know? Mm. And if she's receiving it and I could see her lit up, I could see her her smile come across her face or I feel the hug that she gives me, you know, she transmits some energy back to me, then I'm lit up like a Christmas tree. But I also (laughs) know like if when I've, when I've done that before and then there's been, you know, nothingness on the, on the receiving end or a, Oh, you didn't have to do that. Oh, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to repay you for that. Oh my God. The inconvenience. Women have this inconvenience thing. I'm like, you know, I'm actually going to stop doing that. It is, it is so (laughs) sexy. When a woman receives <laughs> and then doesn't turn around and says, now let me like quid pro quo, like, like now let me do it to you. It's like, no, 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 <laughs> just take it. Like, yeah. cause now I can be in my masculine mm. and just do, and you can receive and, and it is hot. And it, it is, is so, so but it, and it is so hard for a lot of women. If you have not like done the work as a woman, just because of the way society's kind of um, formed right now, 
like I'm going to say it's like pretty much physically impossible to receive unless you actually understand how to receive, what receiving means, because a lot of us have these made up ideas of the inconvenience thing of if I receive, I have to give in return. Like that, that you have one. to give something back. Or for a lot of women, it's this inconvenience thing of like, I don't want to inconvenience him. So like even if a, a client, for example, her boyfriend will say like, I'll drop you to your girl's lunch and then I'll just like wait around and pick you up. And she's like, no, 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 no. Like it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Like this giant battle. And I'm like, fucking receive it. Because as, like, and he was like going to take, take the day off work and everything to like take it to this bloody girl's lunch. That's amazing. But in a lot of our minds, we see that as like, but he could be working, he could be doing better things. Like, I don't want to be an inconvenience because we think he'll turn around and then use it on us a week later of, I stayed around all day for you, like blah, 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 as like blackmail manipulation. And um, and when you have that in, in your mind, it's like, it's like literally impossible to receive. And, but then if you say, yeah, like, actually that would be amazing. He's just like, he lit up like he's literally lit up like a Christmas tree. Like it makes his day. And I think for a lot of us, we just don't fucking understand how that works. I remember even in the beginning, I was like, how is it sexy when a woman is like tender and soft and warm? Like that's fucking lame. Like that's what I used to think. And so it does definitely take a lot of work to, and a lot of proof as well to really understand that when you're in your feminine and when you receive, it is the sexiest thing for a man. Like this, yeah, like the sexiest thing. And I think back to a relationship I had five or six years ago with a woman who who just had her masculine energy nailed and her feminine energy nailed. Like she had both. And in the in the workplace, she worked for a financial services company. She was very professional. She knew how to like lay down boundaries. Yeah. She would get hit on all the time, but knew how to shut guys down, like right away, yeah. put them in their place. Yeah. But not like in a in a condescending way, but just like a, you can't pull that shit with me kind well, of way. Can we give an example? That'd be really good to have an example. Like, uh, like how would you say that to a man that's not going to necessarily emasculate him right. and put him down, but just from a place of like strength and gracefulness? Wow. Yeah. I'm trying to think of something specific, but okay happy hour, like mm. where a lot of stupid shit goes down. And I, I never had a chance to witness these, witness these things firsthand. It was yeah. always like her and, you know, sharing the story with me afterwards, yeah. but it would be, they'd be drinking with a group of guys. And then some guy who would have, you know, liquid courage would say something about wanting to see her in Vegas poolside. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like in, in a bikini. And she would just say something like, Oh God, I don't know exactly what she said. It was, it was, it was almost along the lines of, if I was in Vegas, I'd make sure I was at the pool that you're not, like that you weren't at, you know, <laughs> okay. with a smile on her face, because okay. you're never going to see that. It's something okay. along those lines. Okay. And it was, but she did it in a way where like the other guys laughed, you know, mm-hmm. like he didn't feel, he was kind of like, oh, okay. You know, like she, she can stand up for herself. I'm not yeah. going to fuck with her anymore. Okay. But then when it came time to being with me, you know, and she would let that, like she would take the armor off oh. of the work day. So people, call, so this this guy that I actually had on last week to talk about emasculation and how everything feels for a man. It was like, it was really good. He calls me a marshmallow that I, when it comes to like work and like when I'm like doing things, I'll be in my really fiery feminine and I'm like crispy, like a roasted marshmallow on the outside, but I am like gooey as fuck on the inside. <laughs> but that's true. And like when I'm around friends or when I'm around a man, I am like super like gooey and feminine. But if I'm like on a client call doing things or on an Instagram live or something, I'm like way more fiery. And that's the magic. It's, it's when you tip too far out of balance either way without knowing and that, that's the kind of women that I end up working with who are in their 40s and 50s, VPs, senior VPs in financial services, 
who have just put the armor on for yeah. decades have not taken it off when they get home. They harden on the inside and the polarity in the relationship dissipates. Mm. They, if they're single, then they have a hard time attracting a man who's not effeminate because like now they're in their masculine. So they're going to attract a guy who's in his feminine. Correct. Or then they go to this super alpha dog who is deep in his masculine, but he's not refined. He's yep. just a brute. And then he most likely is narcissistic and he gets threatened by the fact that she doesn't need him. He's, and then over time, that class, mature masculine. Yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. So like, and, and, and then these women end up getting jaded yeah. and, and they get frustrated and everything is a grind and everything is hard. They feel like they can't find a man who's their match. Mm. And a lot of it is because of what they're, what the, what they're emanating. Where they are. It used to be me, seriously. And then, like, I did end up date dating, like, an alpha male who I thought was amazing and masculine. He was a fucking baby inside. Mm. (laughs) He had not done the work. I just want to make a disclaimer here in the sense of, or not disclaimer, but just finish the story on that one, which is I have compassion for those women, too. Because to play a man's game, like, to go to a a working environment where 80% of the decision makers, 80% of the people who make your career pathing decisions are men... You have to play a certain kind of game, or yeah. at least in the years past, yeah. like to play that game meant putting on that masculine essence. And so I can understand how that gets deep in your DNA and how it's hard to, you know, we didn't have mm. these conversations like over the last 20 and years. And it's, it's, the whole workplace thing is a really interesting one because like, for example, now, if you understood your feminine energy, you could walk into an office where your boss is a man and you could actually use your feminine energy to your advantage. No question. Like you could absolutely allure him. You could absolutely get him to help you. He would want to help you. But like how Alison Armstrong talks about the frog farming and the scenario in Queen's Code where she's always like basically being mean to her boss, he never wants to help her. He never wants to give her a raise. He never wants to give her a promotion. But as soon as she like honors him and respects him and treats him nicely... Funnily, funnily enough, he treats her nicely back. What do you have to say, Monica, to the to the women who object to that? Mm. Because it's like, why do I always oh. have to be the one? This is the one. This is the question that I get yeah. every time. The, yeah, the question is, where does it start? Right? Does it start with men understanding the biology and the feminine, and therefore being open to what happens in front of us? Does it start with the women to put the put the fist down and be more receiving? And I feel like that's, that's the place that we're in with society right yeah. now. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think there is an answer here in which we both go do the work. Yeah. But to Dominic's point, Monica, like, we're like... Super interesting because someone mentioned this last night of like, it's, um, it's men, like they have the issue. And my response is they have just as much of an issue as we do. Like, like it takes two to tango. And if it's like, if women only did, the, like, okay, if women only did the work... I think that there would be a slight shift anyway because, like, in my opinion, I mean, people are going to really object to this, saying, no, men have caused all the problems with the patriarchy. Yes, there absolutely was a problem. Like, I, it really started around, like, that witch hunt, right, where women used to be praised. Like, they used, we all used to go into fucking, like, temples with, that were, like, shaped out of vaginas. Like, <laughs> we were praised for our sensuality and our femininity. Then the witch phase went through, um, the witch hunt, sorry, and that kind of was when, like, all the patriarchy happened. And, yes, you went through a phase in history where, where, where women couldn't vote and all that. And, like, no, that's not fair. We're both humans. We get the same rights. However, people are aware, like very aware of that now. And like, it's kind of like climate change. Like we're all trying to get the equal pay thing happening. Yes, but it can't happen overnight. 
Like literally you cannot change a law or change all of those workplaces overnight. Like a, a light can't just go on and everything be changed. These things take a long time to change and, and they're actively changing. It just takes a while, paperwork and laws and whatever else is in the way. So in terms of right now, like if I was to choose, I would say that women have a lot more wounding because we have a lot more anger. So the, the anger is the problem. We have so much anger towards men and that is like manifesting in the armor of us being in our masculine. And I'm just kind of thinking like if all women really dropped into their feminine, men would have more permission, I think as well, to also take control and be in their masculine. And like a lot of the things that you guys want to do for us, it's like, I mean, same with the receiving, it's wound into our biology. Right now, a lot of us are head-driven. So women are head-driven, and that's where the problem's coming in because in your head is all of society's norms, ego, all the, all the anger, all of that is, like, in our head. And But if we drop more into our bodies and if we, like, if someone just took out all that crap out of our head, we would naturally want to receive. We would naturally want to be more open, be more vulnerable, be more emotional. So, like... Yeah, I think that if we, like if all women did the work, there would be a shift. But in the ideal scenario, it would be both sides need to do the work. Um, and even in the workplace scenario, like I really believe that if you walked in there with grace and strength and you were nice to men, just like if you were nice to people, generally women or men, you would get more of like niceness, that's not a word, in return. Like, obviously, if you're nice to someone, they're going to be nice back to you, generally speaking. Well, I, I can definitely speak from, from a guy that is mostly in his masculine yeah. most of the time. There is nothing that will trigger, set me off more than not understanding something, mm. <laughs> not really getting where something's coming from. And I will say that that can, the source of that can often be a woman. Yeah. Why is she doing a certain thing? Did I cause something? I want to fix it. I don't know what to fix. <laughs> fix. <laughs> right? Like there's a lot that women can do. And I think when we start to come from an understanding of, I asked myself this, this question, this, this question the other day, I said, well, I feel for the most part that I'm a pretty steady person, yeah. like pretty, pretty the same through and through. Somebody that I've dated before is up and down and all around. <laughs> and for me, that can be frustrating. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, wait a second. Why were <laughs> who, you Who are you right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who yeah. are you right now, right? And then I asked myself another question. I said, well, I don't really want to date me. Yeah. <laughs> I want to date this other person because that flow, it can be, when it comes from the right place, a really beautiful thing. Yeah. You can't, that, you can't contain a woman. To ride that way, you can't contain a woman. As soon as you woman. think you understand a woman, you fucking don't. Exactly. <laughs> and so for guys that don't understand that and don't do the work, yeah. all it is is frustrating. Correct. Which can go, that can lead to anger or power trips mm -hmm. that can be very detrimental physically and mentally for women. Yeah. That's a really bad scenario. Yeah. A really great scenario is an understanding of that, yeah. that women are going to be all the but And it is not weak. It is not fairy. No. It is actually a really beautiful thing that can't be contained but we can provide a structure. Right. And that, man, like that, like, I mean, chills right now. Like that's sexy. Yeah. This I, conversation I, is just I like all around that. sexy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even, um, for example, like if women were having an up and down day and you could, and we could tell these men in the workplace are getting really frustrated to be able to explain how they are feeling or to be able to explain what is going on for them. A lot of women can't do that because they're like, if I explain that, he's going to think I'm weak. It's like, fuck, no, that's all like this, this 
programming running through your head that's like so incorrect. But if you explained, this is all happening in my life, I'm sorry, and my period's coming next week, I'm just really up and down, a man would just be like, oh, okay. Yeah, bring all of that. That's exactly like it. Th- and we, that's as simple as it is. I'm, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dissent on that for a second. Yeah, let's do it. I'm thinking about the financial services arena where I spent 15 years and most of the male leaders that I know, if, if a woman went and said that I'm about to have my period and I'm up and down right now, that could become a conversation. Like that leader could probably say like in back channel conversations, she just told me that her period was coming and like it could become a firestorm of gossip in the office especially if it's a guy who's like not awakened, like mm. a guy who, and, and, and many of those guys aren't. Yeah. Now there may be like a few of the men who'd be like, whoa, okay, like let me know more about that. Yeah. But there, I, I, I could see that going really rough in 100%. the back channel gossip. And this is where it's like, we need to have it, the work coming from both angles. Like imagine if all these workplaces every month, they had people coming in teaching men about periods, women, all that. And they had... Um, men coming in to teach women about about men stuff. Like even for example, I say like imagine if as a woman, and this will happen one day, you would go into your boss and be like, this is my cycle. Like from these dates, I'm going to be ovulating. Like these dates, I'm going to be in my luteal phase. He would know, okay, we are getting Monica to do that pitch on this date because she's ovulating and she will fucking nail that. Do not get her to do the pitch hmm. when she like in this week because she's going to have a period and she just wants to be in the nap room. Well, this, this is already like, happening, right? Outside of the workplace, this mm, is already happening mm. in relationships, right? Yeah. And Dominic, I think, and let me ask you the question. If the conversation that Monica just mentioned was with a with a boyfriend, let's say, is that okay? Does that feel right, or how does that feel? What's the conversation? That, the period like, thing. Uh, period conversation. Yeah, but but like what what like what con- why would they be having that conversation? Just like so you know what what's like yeah, exactly. what's going why she happened down. Yeah, yeah. of course. Right. And, and listen, like I, I say, end state it would be amazing. Sure. At a future yeah. state, yeah. I, I feel like right now there's too many male leaders who would hear that. And then they would go and tell their buddies at the workplace, like, here's yeah. what she said. And then that becomes a reputational issue for her. Yeah. And I'm worried about that. Yes, I, I totally. Because too many guys to- aren't ready yeah. for Com- Completely yeah. fair. Yeah. And so that, that's why I think it, it, it started, like, the reason we're not even close, not even close, by the way, yeah. to the workplace yet, mm-hmm. is because we're not even doing this in relationship. Mm-hmm. I see. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. is so true. Right. right. So if that's where we start and we the education actually starts there, yeah. then it can trickle into the workplace. Yeah. Because it's too much of a hot button. And I think, Monica, what you're getting at is, well, if we actually understood the superpowers of what the period and the cycle is, yeah, yeah, yeah. then it could be we're using a work setting. I totally agree. Because it yeah. happens in, in my relationship. Yeah. That can happen, <laughs> right? The intuitiveness of like, yeah. where should we go eat? Oh, you want to go that way for no apparent reason? Great, let's do it. Right? <laughs> It speeds up time. We yeah. end up in a it great does. place. It's like and it's like fun Okay. <laughs> you avoid a lot of problems. You avoid so many problems. <laughs> and the guys want this stuff too. When we, did yes. the, when we did the discerning dick event here in the city and we had um, Lauren Baptiste come and speak to our men about the four, the four stages of the cycle and what you can expect during those stages and like what ways you can show up for her mm. and what times she might want predictable sex. Other times she may want quickies and mm. hot sex and adventure. And the guys who came up to us afterwards were like, how the hell have I not known this stuff? I know. Stuff? And I know you wrote a, a dude's guide to dude's menstrual guide cycles. Dude's guide to period phases. Uh, to period yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the kind of shit that guys actually do want to know because yeah. you're saying for all the reasons that Brian just said. And if we can nail it there, then we absolutely should be able to bring it into the workplace in a, in this a way This should that's... be nailed in school. So mm. my argument is you spend like 
hundreds of thousands of dollars your parents do and slash you at school, like your years up to grade 12 and then like uni and beyond, right? Or college, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, so why are we paying fuck tons of money to learn maths that we never use and, and just like random shit, but no one is teaching us about like life. Even like, for example, I'm like, someone needs to have like a adult in class of like how to do your cat, your tax, how to like open a bank account. Like what the fuck's a mortgage? Like, I don't know. Well, I now know that stuff, but like, I didn't know that stuff like two years ago. And I have to like every 10 seconds, I'm like, mom, mom, mom. Like it's, it sounds like silly because that's the smallest things, but we need to be taught this stuff at school. Imagine if like all women were taught about men in, at school and all men were taught about women at school. Right. Like it would be fucking amazing. Well, school, I mean, look, look at how school and why school is designed the way it is currently, right? The school is really developed for, for two reasons. One is to give a smattering of information so that the geniuses can arise. Right? <laughs> and that's great because we yeah. have a lot of geniuses yeah. out there doing hardcore math. And they yeah. wouldn't have known that unless they went to a hardcore math class, right? Yeah. But for 98 to 99% of us, Shit doesn't matter, right? <laughs> that particular class really doesn't matter. The other reason that school is set up the way it's set up is because industrial revolution. Mm, we yeah. needed workers. Yeah. We needed general, general, generalists, right? That, I think, is changing. And, Monica, what you're bringing up is, like, what about all this life stuff? It should be included as well. It should be included. And, and, and I think the, the depth of what school can teach us is mm. still important. Mm. having a general understanding of how, how things, you know, physics with biology, with chemistry is more powerful than any one of those individually. Yes. They can lead us and continue to evolve the planet. Yep. Right. What has gone by the wayside is really what the nuclear family used to teach, used to be part of that has gone by the wayside. Yeah. And so what I've seen and what I hear you, you professing right now mm. is this is important. And I see more people coming to the table and saying, wow, wouldn't project management, wouldn't teamwork be better and easier if we knew these things about the masculine and feminine? Yeah, just like an answer. added subject. Yeah. Like we just yeah. need like an added subject in there of like life. Like literally, this, this, like it should be just be called how to do life, and that can just be like everything that we need to know, and how different would our relationships be? There's some of the some of the premier even preschools through grade schools. There's several of them. I forget the exact name of it out in Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. They don't teach in subjects anymore. They don't teach history. They don't teach math. They don't oh. teach physics. What they do is project based work. And oh. within those projects, they learn the essentials of all of those subjects. Mm. And so I think the, the idea of having a class for life, how much more powerful would that be within the context of a development experience yeah. within a project, right? How interesting, how, what are those dynamics like between you and the woman working on your team, right? So mm. I, think, I think we're slowly getting there. Yes. There's this, there there's this meme that you're making me think of about you know, life skills, and there's this guy who wrote, I'm really glad that I learned about parallelograms instead of something like taxes because mm. it really came in handy during parallelogram season this year, <laughs> right? So it's like, can, can, we, can yes. we just get a little bit more like life skills? Like how to, how to cultivate creativity, yeah. right? Like how, how to understand the, the biology of the man or boys and girls. And mm. I'm right on with you. I'm not, I think that's what that's why our podcast exists yeah. because that shit doesn't happen at an early age. Mm -hmm. It'd be amazing if we could go out of business, like that we wouldn't need to talk about this shit yeah. because it's like so generation generationally deep yeah. at that point. So yeah. totally. So back to the workplace stuff. Ooh. 
can we talk about man bashing just for a minute and like just more of the feminist stuff and the man you're, bashing you're, thing? You're really heated on this subject. I love it. Uh, yeah, we, I just, we, we, I just we, really we am. Hour. Yes. Yeah, I just really am because I used to be a man basher. Like I used to be hardcore, like women are the best. I don't need no man. I'm an independent woman. And I'm not now. I'm like, no, I do need a man. Like, I, well, I don't need a man. To, like, well, you can't, I don't know. I say you don't need a man to survive, but I'm like, mm, you kind of do it at the same time. Um, but I want a man. Like I want that. And a lot of women won't give themselves Well, the, What you just said, Monica, feels very that. different to me. Right? At first you said, I need a man. And then you yeah. said, I want a man. To yeah. me, the want is super sexy. Yeah. The need, yeah. Yeah. Well, I say need in terms of biology reasons Mm. and then, and then, but want is like, I want a man. So, but in terms of that, like a lot of women don't give themselves permission. I didn't to used to like say, yeah, I want a man because like, that's weak. Like you should be independent. You don't need a man, like all that stuff. So I would love to know your opinion, both of you on like the, what the what do you feel like the feminist movement, as in the the bad side of it, not the good side that's helped equal things out, the bad side of it, what has it done in terms of like making men feel smaller? Hmm. Okay. And the man bashing thing. Well, man bashing. So there there's I mean, like a dictionary definition. <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole bunch of men that I know who have just thrown they're throwing their hands up in the air and mm-hmm. say, fuck it, I'm not going to even go in this arena because it doesn't matter. I can't win. That's really I it. It's win. like if I, if, I, if I try to participate in this, if I try to have a conversation, if I slip up and say the wrong thing, I'll be pulverized. Mm-hmm. I, I could do something in a public way where it may come back to haunt me. So Which I'm just going to... so heartbreaking. Just gonna, I'm just going to step out and not even have the conversation. Yeah, that's just so heartbreaking. Um, other guys, we, like, m- m- guys want to believe that they're the good guy. And there's this like really binary definition of either you're a good guy or a bad guy. And mm. in many guys' minds, like being a bad guy is someone like who's super egregiously bad, like a Harvey Weinstein or someone who's like way out there or like a Louis CK who's just creepy. And guys are like, I'm not that guy. Mm. So therefore I must be a good guy. Therefore I don't need to have the conversation. And, there's a lot of gray area in between where dudes have said and done shit that like need a deeper conversation. Mm. But if they feel like stepping forward and asking the curious converse, curious question that they're going to be jammed into that bad guy category, then they're like, that's not worth the risk, the risk reward factor. So I, I feel those are some of the downstream effects is guys who should be having these conversations are like, nope. Yeah. I remember one of my, one of my flatmates, he once said to me, like he was out with friends or something or other at a bar and one of his friends wanted to go up to this girl and like say hi and he wouldn't do it because he was so afraid that he was just going to get like a fuck off, like don't uh-huh. talk to me thing. And so like like he won't go up to like, – and they're confident and he won't go up to the, like, to the girl no matter how badly he wants to because he's like I don't want to be like not just turned away but like shamed – for going right. up. And the problem is that women at the same time are like, why don't men come and talk to me anymore? It's like, because we are shutting them down. Like mm-hmm. we are the, like we are the problem in that, in that particular con, like that particular scenario, we are the problem because we have been shutting men down and shaming them for talking to us. But the catch 22 is we're like, why aren't men talking to us? Like, because of what we've kind of been doing. 
I, I, I hear that and understand that. Mm. At the same time, there have been some really bad things that have happened. Oh, 100%. When, we're, not, when we're, not, like, we're not ignoring those. When men those. get angry and yeah, 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 yeah. We're right? not ignoring so, those. So I think, I think that there, there is an element of, of truth and understanding to that. But when that rule is applied more broadly, yeah. right, it alienates, like Dominic said, guys and makes them say, hey, I'm out. In the workplace, uh, I've talked to managers and, and executive level guys before. Mm. So I'm not going to hire women. I don't have any requirement to hire a woman. I'm not going to hire a woman because it adds risk that oh, I might get hit with some true. sort of lawsuit. Oh my God. Men, like that, that when I say yes. this is true, this it is, is true. Like my, I've heard men uh, yeah. say this. I've heard, oh, I've heard, even the yeah. other day before I came, not before I came here, but before I went to Colorado, I was talking to someone and he was out for dinner, like um, high up business guy. He was out for dinner with like his colleagues and it was freezing cold in Melbourne. Like it can get like, you know, really cold at nighttime and it's winter there. And he offered his jacket to one of his colleagues, not like he's married, not to hit on her, but purely because a woman, like she is smaller, she's got like less body weight to protect her from the cold. And he went and she went fucking AWOL at him. And he was just like, I was just being nice, like an offering yeah. you the jacket. And then one of my, my cousin has also said that in the workplace, it's actually... So he, he actually said to me, he said, it is so hard to do my job to my best ability because I'm so afraid that a woman is going to turn around and go sexual harassment or I'm not being included because for a lot of men, like in that really corporate, they would thrive if they were in like just like a table of men and they're all able to get really feisty and like throw ideas out. But they're so afraid of offending a woman or in like that and then getting turned around for like sexual assault in the workplace. Yeah. And it's like it like because women are and, and yes, generalization, whatever, because we are being like too sensitive about this and there's too many of those, what are they called? Susans. Mm-hmm. We call them in Australia Susans of like the, that one person on Instagram or that will like interpret your thing like totally incorrectly. <laughs> because there's too many Susans out there, people are not able to do their job correctly because they're so afraid of offending. Like even half the time, like I'm talking in my podcast and I'm afraid to say what I want to say because I'm afraid people are going to twist it and make it something mean that I like make it mean something that I'm not meaning at all. Yeah. It's I, like I think, people are looking to twist things. I, I think I think where we're at now is I'm not necessarily interested in in stuffing down someone's reaction or um, initial reaction, right? Because mm-hmm. like people can feel if, if someone's offended, feel the offense. It's yeah. like, what do you do with that that's, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so instead of like flipping out on this guy who's offering the jacket, yeah. and he's just like, "Holy shit! What, yeah. like, did I just step on a landmine?" <laughs> it, like, like there, there's a way to to kind of like pause, like seek out the intent that maybe yeah. was behind that first. And, and speak to that at the same time, speaking your truth about like how maybe that you experience that as well. Like let's, let's have a conversation versus using every moment as an opportunity to be fucking incensed and righteous and to condemn someone else. Mm. I'm, I'm sure there are moments where someone needs to be put in their place, but like, can the first reaction please be seeking to understand while also standing up for your yeah, truth. Yeah, like be yeah. more of an observer, like see it from the other person's perspective. Because I think a lot of people are so in their head and it's like my way or the highway yeah. and they're only seeing the world through, I call it their shit-coloured glasses. Like, you know, when you're in a relationship, you see <laughs> through, things through rose-coloured. Yeah. yeah. So if your brain is filled with shit about the world, you're going to see everything as like, for example, men are out to get you or all men are creeps or all men are rapists. So you're going to look for scenarios of what a dirty man like offering me a jacket when it was like, he didn't have to give you his his jacket. He was literally being nice and wanting to just look after you. And like that 
emasculates a man like no one's business. And there was no bad intention in that scenario. And while it's impossible for the woman in that scenario to see from his perspective, she can't. She's yeah. not him, doesn't have all the history that he has, right? Can't see. She can seek. Mm. She can seek what his perspective was in that. And that's what Dominic's talking about. So I believe the solution to all of this that we're talking about is, is we have our feelings, we have our initial instinct, and being curious and staying open to seeking that perspective is where learning happens. And I can't tell you how many women in my life have come to me when I did something that was offensive that I had no clue could have possibly been offensive. And when they came to me with an openness and also spoke their truth, it lit lit me up because I said, oh, I learned something. I didn't realize that. Hmm. So I feel like like the, and I think John Wineland, one of the things that he he teaches in his class is, is, uh, speak 100% of your truth and stay open for the negotiation. Yep. Yeah. That's what we're talking about here. We're not yeah. saying don't be, don't, no, don't be offended even though you're angry. You can be angry. That's okay. Yeah. And then what do you do with it? You can state what your truth is in that moment and also stay open to the negotiation to understanding a perspective. Right. And a lot so. of it's also about like tone and the energy behind it. Like yelling at a guy for offering your jacket, like it's not going to get – and actually this is also what I want to talk about of – shaming men and like yelling at men for them doing the wrong thing, that's not helping anybody heal. That's not helping men want to be better men. The shame is making shit worse. Like shame is very low vibration. But let's say in that scenario, like like a line was crossed, which it wasn't, a line was crossed and she didn't want a jacket. She could have paused for a second and been like, I really appreciate your offer, but I'm actually not cold. Mm. Done. Like yeah. he wouldn't have been emasculated. He'd have been like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? But the shame and the yelling at man, the men and the, the man bashing isn't, it's not an environment that is supportive to men healing. Like if you were yelled at and like, and, and, and if, like, for example, if a woman was yelled at in like a negative way, would she want to go and do healing work? Fuck no. She'd want to go hide in a cave. Mm-hmm. If a man is yelled at and shamed, does that encourage him to go read a book or sit with his thoughts? Fuck no. Yeah. It also, th- this idea of using, using again this scenario, the idea of, of pausing before the reaction mm-hmm. also will make the woman in this scenario check in with what's true with her. Yeah. So the reaction is, no, fuck you. I don't need it. Mm. But why? Where is that coming from? Where is that wound coming from? Right, and it's now a wound. We're yeah, about, it's true. Now we're talking about the work, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, like here, here's, here's my truth. I'm going to make this up on the fly here. But my truth is I don't want your jacket right now because you don't offer it to anybody else and then everybody else seems cold. I don't want to seem like the singled out woman. Yeah. Right. And all of a sudden now I, if I'm the guy in that scenario, understand her truth. I don't feel ashamed for doing it. And I've learned something. Mm. That my action of giving can, in some cases, not all cases, but in some cases, make a woman feel singled out. Yeah. Got it. Good information yeah. all the way around. Yeah. So I think that that's the difference. And you're, you're, what you're referring to, Monica, is that, that anger, that reaction. It's a that trigger. Wound in place, that it's trigger. a wound, yeah. And so the, the daily work that I do, literally my daily mantra meditation mm. is the purpose of my life is to let go of my stuff. And I don't mean my stuff, my physical possessions or my dreams or anything like that, but my stuff when I'm triggered. When I'm triggered, what do I do? And the first thing I try to do, don't always do, (laughs) that I try to do is just take a breath, take a pause, Mm. relax my body. Yeah. And then go. Yeah. And then decide what I want to do. And that has served me very well. I think they can serve women well too. Oh, 100%. I have 
trained myself. So I'm a type eight Enneagram, which is, I mean, add that with like a lot of Sag in your chart and it's just like, whoa. Dear, dear God. Yeah, literally. (laughs) So the type eight Enneagram is the one that often gets perceived as being a bitch. Very strong boundaries. We've never, we never people please. Very outgoing, very confident. And then I've got like a lot of Sag. So it's just like, it can get me in trouble sometimes. Okay, guys, sorry to cut it there. But it's a very long – we literally recorded it for one hour and 45 minutes. Um, and I kind of want to, like, leave something for next week because it's so juicy. It's so juicy. So um, the next episode is going to be out on Monday um, and we're going to finish off everything and go into way more detail and just, like, we just go on a million and one tangents. It's fucking amazing. So a reminder to get your New York ticket if you haven't already, especially if you want to come and hear Dom and Brian talk. And they're also going to probably watch the – like, stay and watch – watch yes being the keyword the sensual eating class because they were like oh my god can we please watch that and I'm like sure you can that's gonna make it 10 times hotter for all you ladies doing it to really get into your feminine and they're also gonna fucking love watching it obviously so I hope you loved the episode um and I'll talk to you all soon well thank you so much for tuning in I hope that you got lots of chicken nuggets out of today's episode I would be really, really grateful if you'd be able to leave me a review and a star rating that you think is appropriate, hopefully five. And if you could share this podcast so that I can help more women live a life of flow and ease, I would be so fucking grateful. Make sure you tag me in it on Instagram so I can personally thank you because I know so many of my clients have found me literally because their friends have posted about my podcast on their Instagram story. And I just want to help as many women as possible. So by you sharing it, I would be so fucking grateful. And I'm sure your friends would be too. If you do want to welcome me, please do check out my website for all those details. And of course, you can DM me on Instagram with any other questions. If you have any podcast things you want me to talk about, any ideas, any feedback, I am always open to it. And I always love hearing what you guys have to say. So please don't hesitate about that either. I will catch you on the flip side. Have an amazing day or night wherever you are. 